The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return, brought to you by Narcanon Suncoast. Hello, everybody. This is Joni Siegel, and this is the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return, and this is episode number 103. Next week's episode will bring to a close our second full year of podcasting and lead us into our third year. We hope that we are bringing hope and valuable information to anybody listening and that it that we are playing our part in terms of ending this um, scourge of addiction in our country. So today we're talking to Benjamin, and Benjamin is a recent graduate of Narcanon Suncoast. I had the pleasure of hearing him do his graduation speech. Benjamin, thank you for telling your story today. You're very very welcome. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Awesome. So the way I like to start off is to have you say, tell us, how did you get started with drugs? What's your backstory? Well, um... I am, I'm from Denmark, and I uh, <laughs> okay, <yeah. laughs> and I uh, basically I in an early age of around eighteen years old I started DJing basically I started DJing in various clubs back in Copenhagen the capital in Denmark, mm-hmm. and it was you know I. I've, very quickly noticed that okay there's a lot of drugs in this area and it never really got to me the drugs i was i was more into like heavy drinking basically every weekend drinking 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 and every time i was out playing uh, dj gigs just getting super drunk basically right and then slowly um i did that for a few years and then Oh yeah, <laughs> then there was a festival. There's this very famous festival in Denmark called Roskilde Festival. Big, you, you know, we have like 200,000 people going every year. And so I had gone there for a few years in a row with all my buddies. And every time I'd been there, there was all, always all these joints being passed around. Joints and, and weed cookies and edibles and all these things. And I kind of always just said, no, no, thank you, you know, no, thank you, no, thank you, I'll pass, until I got tired of passing, basically, and I was like, all right, let me have a puff, and it was wild, you know, I'm telling you, that puff sent me into space, you know, I don't know, it was just, it was the wildest, so I basically instantly got very hooked on smoking joints every now and then, you know, Mm -hmm. and it started out being, you know, just at the festival two or three times. And then when I got home from the festival, I kind of backed off from it a little bit and it took maybe three weeks for me to smoke my next joint. And then it just slowly progressed into being every week. And now, then I'm going to interrupt you oh, for yeah. one second because I have a question. Mm-hmm. So what you were smoking, as far as you know, it was just marijuana. It was it just was marijuana. As far as I, it, it was maybe sometimes it was very strong marijuana, like right. skunky you know, um, but yeah, like pot, marijuana, and, some hash. And the reason why I bring that up is because would you say that when you smoked it the first time, like it was halluc- it was like a hallucinogen to some degree or? I would say that I had an experience which was very, it was almost hallucinogenic or whatever okay. it's called, but it was very much, I didn't really see stuff. Okay. It was more when my eyes was closed. It was this weird thing where I saw this. I was completely 
immersed in this black hole and this and I was just being sucked into this massive black hole and the end of in the end of this black hole there was this huge green all-seeing eye oh wow it kind of just dragged me into it and it was like it was it was it was not fun at right. all it was like that was too much and, and, and the reason why I'm bringing this up and the reason mm-hmm. why I'm trying to clarify it is because one of probably the most controversial subjects we have ever talked about on this podcast is the fact that in our view, marijuana should never be legalized ever mm-hmm. ex- with the exception of medical marijuana for end of life type situations and extreme pain. And you know, there's such an argument out there that, oh, marijuana, it's not such a big deal. It, it You know, it's not a gateway drug. It, it doesn't, you know, it, it's no worse than alcohol. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why I'm asking you to clarify, because it sounds like, and maybe not everybody reacts to it the same, and I understand that, but um, it just sounds like you had a bit of more of an experience with the marijuana. That's mm-hmm. why I was that's why I was asking you to clarify. But yeah. anyway, you can get on with your story and I'll be quiet again. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, cool, cool. Because there at some point, I mean, I did realize at some point that this was definitely my gateway drug. It right. was without it, I wouldn't have gone to the extreme extent that I later on happened to go into, right? Right. But anyway, so so uh where was I? I'm not sure. No, I was festival. Th- you smoked it. Oh, yes. then, oh, and then when you got home, it was like maybe <clears throat> every exactly. It started out being like a weekly thing, right? And slowly, it became. I remember the day. It was so crazy. Um, I remember the day where it became a daily thing. Interesting. And I kind of had this realization that okay, I need this daily, not in order to function, but because it's so much fun. Right. I remember thinking that this is so much fun and I had not reached this place in my life where it was not fun, you know? Right. It was still I didn't feel dumber. Like I didn't have this marijuana hangover. I it was you know, I, I was gonna say how would you know if you were dumber? But I, I, exactly. I get what you mean. I, I get it what you mean. It just I felt like I was riding <laughs> this wave and I was so interested in life. And at this point, I worked in a restaurant business, mm-hmm. or in the restaurant business. I was a, I was a um, manager at this big restaurant chain back in Copenhagen, and um, all my friends, all my 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 um, my coworkers, were smoking weed daily. They were drinking every night, and it just became a thing. So we were. We were basically drinking alcohol every night after our shifts, going out, spending all of our tips. And smoking weed. And at this point, I was smoking it daily. Um, oh, yeah. so Yeah, because I remember the day when I actually, when it became a daily thing. Right. I had been out one night with some friends, and I had crashed at a friend's couch. And the next day, when we woke up, he had rolled a joint. And he passed it to me. And that's when I realized, yeah, you know what? I could do this. I could smoke this every day. You know, it's fun. And there's all these things that went through my mind and stuff. And I just went with it. <clears throat> and then now it's a daily thing. Right. I'm drinking every day and I'm smoking every day. And what then happens? Okay, now there's this guy who's offering me cocaine. And I'm like, well, you know, like, I don't see why I'm I'm having a blast on marijuana. And then he kind of just, you know, he explains me that it's fun it's cool and makes you awake it like he 
he told me these things that kind of I was like, mm, oh, okay, but I mean, marijuana kind of does this, you know. And then he's like, oh, you, you know, whatever. Let me just, you know, I have this. I can just make you a small line. Let's just come with me to the stall, you know, at this club. And I was like, all right, fine, whatever. So we did it, and immediately it was like, whoa, we were just talking the whole night, me and him. Like, nothing else mattered, just me and him talking, 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 and I was like, what the hell is happening, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then that was the first time I tried cocaine, and that then became, like, a weekly thing mm -hmm. for, like, yeah, and then for the for the next five months, it was this it was this weekly thing. Every weekend, we would go out, and we would do cocaine as well. And then there was also some MDMA, ecstasy, you know, the the, the crystal thing. Yep. And, and I tried that and it was like completely mind-blowing. It's <laughs> like I, I remember thinking that this, like it cannot be right that a person can feel this much joy and this much love to everything. It was like it was it, it was like it didn't make sense with the fact that we are human. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was like in a whole other dimension, a whole other universe where the body did not exist. It was just, it was this weird, it was like very wild. And I realized that it was too wild because when I came down from it, oh my God. I mean, it hurt my soul to such a degree where I very quickly realized that, okay, I'm going to stay away from MDMA and I'm basically just going to do cocaine in the weekends, right? I'm going to smoke <laughs> weed every day. I'm going to drink every day and then cocaine in the weekends. The MDMA, I'm going to stay away from that. And then I'm going to have all my friends. They can do whatever they want. And then I'm going to be that, the coke head that kind of takes care of all my friends who are melting on MDMA, right? There you go. And it was like, it, it was it was wild, right? <laughs> and I kind of, at this point, I kind of knew that, okay, what I'm doing right now it's not good for me in the long run. Right. I can see that this is slowly grabbing its hold of me and it is it's taking it's basically taking me off the the course of my life that I kind of had planned out for me. Mm -hmm. Um so 5 months pass with this until I one day was was it was a Sunday, I was at my friend's house we were smoking marijuana the whole day um and i remember just before passing out that night I, I i had this very clear thought of needing to do a cold turkey like basically stopping this and getting help um and i remember the next day i did it like the next day i was like okay this is it this has been fun the past six months or however much it was it's been fun but it has definitely made me different. It has made me a different person. Interesting. And I'm not proud of it. Right. And I wanted to get back to my my vibe, my my jazz, you know, my the way I was. My I wanted to at this point I was still the DJ. I was still a DJ while you know, while having a normal job like at a restaurant and stuff and out every weekend, you know, but I just had to get back to i wanted to get back to the joy of life i had no I, it had basically stripped me from the joy right so i called my mom the next day and i told her that uh, i had been 
going off course for the past six months mm -hmm. and I had done this and that and this and that. I was very, very open about it because I thought I had this thought that if I'm open enough about it and if I make it and if I tell it just as it is, it might, it's probably going to help me realize or ba it's probably going to help me get out of it faster so I don't have anything hidden. So I don't have anything. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So, so yeah, I called my mom, said, hey, told her and I was down and she was like, all right, thank you for telling me <laughs> <laughs> as she is. She's yeah. the best. <laughs> um, and she, she got me some help. I did like, I did, uh, basically I detoxed my body completely. Okay. Um, purified it. Right. Uh, and it helped definitely. And I refound the joy in my life. And here I am, you know, <laughs> uh, two months after that and i feel fantastic and now i'm like cool so i can basically go back to what i was doing i can totally go out and dj again and i can totally go out and work at the restaurant uh, re restaurant business again because right. now i'm back right and so i go and i do that and almost immediately i fall back into the trap interesting and yeah and it, <laughs> you know, and, and I, I could not, I didn't know why this happened because like, why, you know, like what I thought I had cleaned out my system. I had no cravings. So I go back to my normal vibe from back then and, and I just end up straight into it again. So, and this actually happens like a few times back and forth because right. I then re-realized that, okay, I have to get out of this. Benjamin get out of this right so i do it again and i tell my parents again and they are kind of getting sick and tired of me constantly hurting them like this because that was not their postulate of their son you know? right i guess not the agreement they had exactly so it happens a few times this where i get up i get out i detox my body i get out and I become happy again and I find my inner joy but every time I get back I'm a little less happy mm. I'm a little less joyful and a little less able to reach my dreams and my goals right um, and this actually this keeps going for six years on and off <clears throat> and during like the past six months of my life like the past here right um i started realizing that it's either or this has got to be either or i cannot manage my life and do drugs right i cannot because you know as awesome as it is it's i'm doing the right. uh, parenthesis <laughs> the finger here quotes. The, the finger yeah. quotes because yeah. it's really not right because it's this fake, fake awesomeness. It's fake awesomeness. <laughs> it's a fake happiness. It's right. a fake. Wow, you know, and and what comes up must come down. You yeah. know, it's it's said in a million different ways, um, and I just realized that it has to be. It had this has to be either or, and at this point, basically, my 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 father he 
he passed away around half a year ago today um, due to cancer, basically. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was it was a rough it was a rough ride, um, and it kind of sent me out on this last bender. Right. You know where I really really went crazy. You know a lot more cocaine that I had ever done, a lot more marijuana that I had ever smoked, and basically just you know basically it was women, and it was marijuana and it was cocaine galore, um, and I knew that at some point this bender that I'm on has got to stop. And I also knew that when it stops, I'm going to need to do something very drastic. I can't just stop, do the cold turkey, do a a detox and just let it be. This has to be, I have to do something which is, is more fulfilling for me. I have to put myself in a situation somehow where... I can really get away from it. Right. And really more of a, yeah, more of an in-depth treatment that's going to get you long-term sober. Exactly. Not momentarily sober. Exactly. Yeah. So, again, I I get in contact with my mom and and I tell her that I well, yeah, okay, I f- I fucked up again. And she's like, "All right." Um and basically, I tell her that okay, we like we basically we have this same idea that what needs to happen now is I have to go to rehab. You have to do something different. I have to do something different, yep. and that different yep. thing has got to be rehab. Right. Rehab mm-hmm. is a thing. It works, and is out there. There's other like you yep. that have gone through this. So there, here is a way to handle it. Maybe they know something you don't know. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. So so you and your mom kind of knew about Narconon. We, exactly. Okay. Exactly. So she, and back in Denmark, there's actually also a Narconon. So okay. we spoke back and forth. Where should I go? And I kind of, we kind of had this idea of the further away from my environment that I came. Yep. The better. Yep. And... This is where Florida comes into the picture because I have a lot of friends here in Florida. Right. But and not druggy friends. Not druggy friends. Right. Exactly. exactly. Right. Awesome friends and, and, and like good guys. Yep. You know, it's interesting. Um, it, this comes up so often that uh, someone who is an addict has to get out of that environment because, you know, until... And I want you to talk more about the program, but until you get to the end of the program where you're able to finally look at who's really a friend and who isn't a friend, mm-hmm. I think until you until you can do that, it's kind of, it's dangerous a bit to be in the same environment and be around those people because sometimes I remember, I think it was Jason just laughing, they saying, oh yeah, my dealer was my best friend, you know, but then when you get to the end of the program, you're doing some of the life skills courses, you go, hmm, maybe not. So it's good that you both, you and your mom kind of had that realization that maybe you needed to go somewhere else to do it. Yeah. So when did you come to Narcan on Suncoast? Well, um... January 17th of, y- of this year. Okay. I I arrived. I basically flew in on the 16th. Okay. And 
went here went there on um on the, the day after basically okay and i didn't really have any idea of what was going to happen i just i'd heard of this rehab facility and that it had a great success rate and that's kind of all i knew about it right so well, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Was the withdrawal that you did at Narcanon, how did that differ from what you'd done in the past with just like cold turkeying it? That's the thing. Yeah. That's, and that's a, that's the thing that I had not, I hadn't thought of, of this withdrawal period. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I came there, it was, it was, it was different than doing it yourself because here you have like well-educated staff members who are there for you. Right. And... You know, and you're you're like, basically, you you spent this week or however long. I think I was in with in the withdrawal part of the program for, yeah, for a week. And basically, what happens there is you slowly get your body to become, like, basically, you 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 start eating properly again. Right. Eating three vitamins, times a day. Minerals, vitamins, all that stuff. Calcium, magnesium, which is a drink that can help with that. Exactly. Plus, plus the things we've talked about in the past where you get a lot of what's called an assist <clears throat> to keep your attention kind of off of your body. So Exactly. And, and that's why I asked you what the differences were because it, to some degree, you could say Narcanon is cold turkey because Narcanon is not going to give you any drugs. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you have to go, com- but you get a lot of things to help you there's <laughs> counteract a lot of, that. There's yeah. a lot of um, substitutes for drugs. Exactly. There's Good a lot things, of vitamins, like vitamins minerals, and minerals and having stuff. somebody with you to talk to you. Oh my and, God. Yeah, yeah. Walk you through it. Yeah. A lot of talking and a lot of. And a lot of walking, you know, around and, and basically looking at the world, looking yeah. at the environment and yeah. getting your attention away from your inner thoughts and all the crap that's going on in your head. Right. And getting it out onto the environment and right. basically slowly waking up and yeah. like coming back to, to life. Right. And then after that withdrawal period, I... Uh, I <laughs> I did a um there was this it's called a new life detoxification. Right. Uh which is the sauna program where yeah. you basically detox completely you you substitute with um y- you get a lot of vitamins and stuff and you do a lot of you do some exercise and then you spend the majority of the day in the sauna. Right, where you basically sweat out all these toxins, and it 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 was tough. I'm telling you, it was tough because there's a lot of residues from all the drugs and stuff that I'd done through my life that was stuck in my body that was just idling there. They were just hanging out in my system, stuck. And then you get to experience them again. Oh my god! Oh, and that was rough. Yeah, it's not as rough, but it was rough. Right, and it was just ugh, a lot of mental stuff happening in in my mind and it it was rough plus i had to deal with my the loss of my father and it was just all of a sudden i had i didn't have it just came back tenfold because you had no buffer you had no drug buffer i didn't have anything it was just pure this you know and that was rough but just a reminder that you are listening to the addiction podcast point of no return if you would like further information you can reach out to us on facebook we have a facebook page by the same name 
If you want more information on Narcan on Suncoast, call 1-877-339-3324. That's 1-877-339-3324. You can also email us. Our email address is tapponr2017 at gmail.com. That's T like Tom, A like Apple, P like Peter, P like Peter, O like Oscar, N like Nancy, R like Robert, T-A-P-P-O-N-R, 2017, at gmail.com. But I got through, you know, and, and, and I, I, I remember that near the end of the detox program, I, I was sitting in the sauna, and all of a sudden, I, I had this, like, profound it was like something all of a sudden a lot of my energy and a lot of my happiness and a lot of my meanness just came flushing back into me and I was like whoa and I woke up and the colors in the environment <laughs> kind of like like intensified and I was like whoa it's just just a high is this just a high I'm I'm, I'm experiencing or what but it kept on being Right. Like, so, you know, my hearing all of a sudden, I had like a pop in my ear and whoa, now I can hear better, you know? And, and the same with the, like the, the, my vision and my breathing and my general posture and, and other amazing things was just like, oh, well, this is just the norm now because I've rid my body of all these residues that has kind of put a fog over my entire life. Yeah. And then, uh. So I did that. I finished that, and I was so happy. Yep. Yeah, and then there was this next step on the program called the objectives, right? Which is these drills. It's these processes where you basically, with another student, mm-hmm. you help each other um, detoxing your mind. Yes. Where yeah. the where the where the new life detox the sauna program is detoxing your body right the objectives is, is processes that that detoxes the mind you know because that's a great it, way to describe it yeah. yeah we've talked about many different aspects of the objective processes like how they get you into the present and take your attention off the past yeah. and and someone said that she felt like she got control over her mind again yeah. but um i like the way you said it. it's like a detox of the mind that's exactly. a good way to look at it it yeah. works yeah <laughs> and and also like near the end of that um i had this profound thing happen where i regained control over myself and my environment and my environment being not just this environment that i'm in right now but my life and the different aspects of my life kind of like fell into place where i had this on my graduation speech i i i gave an example of this guy who 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 had this urge not him not his own urge but an urge in him that urged him to go out and do drugs Mm -hmm. or repeat these same same mistakes although he knew that it wasn't any good for him right and and he had to keep on doing this and then all of a sudden this urge was gone right and for some magical reason it was just (laughs) you know just by getting out there and like basically as you said, taking your attention off the past and into the present. Right. And it kind of 
made it so that I didn't. That was how I felt, right? So, so all of a sudden, this urge was gone, and it was re- really wild because ever since that, I haven't had. It's not that I had the urge to go out and do drugs uh, throughout the Narconon program. I right. didn't really have an urge because I knew that I needed to change. Right. But when I did this, when I had this realization, it became sort of, it fell into place. Like the puzzle kind of got solved in me. It's this, I'm trying to put it into words, but it's basically... I had sort of like this devil sitting on my shoulder saying, hey, hey, buddy, you know, (laughs) why don't you try this? It's so much fun. And all the girls are out here, mm, you know, and all of a sudden the devil guy was gone or he had gotten muffled or whatever it's called. He was not saying stuff to me. And that was like profound because now I could suddenly, I had such, so much more, I had so much more ability to do great stuff because I didn't have to constantly tell this guy to shut up. Right. I didn't have to spend energy on telling him to shut up. Right. And then it was, whoa. And ever <laughs> like ever since then, I haven't had, I haven't even had an urge to go and drink a beer. Normally, beer is something I could totally drink, you know, every now and then or just one beer or whatever, right? Right. But now, it's, I don't even want it. I don't even, it's not even... I don't look at it as being something that I need anymore. Right. I can still think of beer and think of like that awesome moment when you get off a hard day of work mm-hmm. and there's nothing better than just like popping <laughs> a, a beer and just having a beer in the sun or whatever, right? Right. But it's, I, don't, I don't have any... It's just that, that thought, that feeling, that, that memory of me doing that, it's nice to just have that memory. It's not something I have to go and chase again. Right, right. And I can just treasure those memories that I have of when I did it, and it's just it it makes it gives me as much joy. Yep. And um, yeah, so because then after those objectives, it was onto those life skills courses, right? Where I so now I have, now I have detoxed my body, I've detoxed my mind. Yep. And then now, what now? You know, right. where I would normally say this is good, I feel great. You yep. know, let me yep. go out into the life. This is where I now got. Um, a lot of hatting is that what it's called? Like a lot of education training. You get tools, basically tools in in how to how to go through life. Life skills, exactly. exactly. Yeah, basically, <laughs> right there. Exactly right? what they're called. Life yeah. skills. <laughs> yeah. You know. So yeah, like skills. Because you may think you have them, but if you had had them and were using them, yeah. you wouldn't have gone down that road. Exactly. You know? So yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So with all with all this. With all the like, I just got all these skills and how to navigate through my life and all. And the first course is basically about handling. Is that ups and downs? That's the ups and downs, right? Yeah. Okay. The ups and downs of life, right? right? Why does ups and downs occur in life? Right. And it has a lot to do with the people that you surround yourself with. Right. And I had a lot of people that I've always thought, you know, they're, these are great people. Yep. Okay, they're doing drugs or whatever, but they're doing great, you know. <laughs> or at least, at least it seems so. Because he introduced me to cocaine, me. but he did it as a friend. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. So all gravy. And then um, I realized that 
well, these guys are not that good for me. They're not necessarily bad people. Right. But they're just not what I need in my life in order to go where I want to go in my life. Right. Because they're making certain choices that you don't want to make anymore. Exactly. So better to be around people making similar choices to yours. Exactly. That's a good way to describe it. Because yeah. it's not that they're bad. They're making some funky choices. Yeah. And you don't understand that. Yeah. Anyway. And I did those choices. Yeah. You know, but yep. it's, it's their life. Yeah. Those guys have their own stuff that they're bucking with, you know. Yeah. And this is my life. And it's yep. kind of like I don't have, I don't have to live their life i don't have to i can basically just say goodbye to them it was tough you know because yeah. i had it, it was tough to realize that that okay like the majority of my friends are not really my friends right. they're just these people that i socialize with and consider friends but it's just it, it, it just whoa you know so i had to do a lot of handlings like i had to handle um a lot of people in my life right um, and basically reaching out to them and, and, and letting them know that, okay, I'm on a different course now. Right. And thank you for the time we've had. No regret, but listen up. I'm on this path, and going this path, unfortunately, does not include you. Right. Said in a way so that I don't hurt too many people, but right. okay, hey, some people got hurt, fine. Because then again, I can't live my life Im- if I have to... Be careful of who I step on. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So that felt amazing. It took some time because all of a sudden there was a huge void in the, inside me. Like where, like this void where I had a ton of friends <laughs> and now there's no friends there. Right. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> um, but that's when I then realized that, well, my best friend is myself. Yeah. I am my very best friend. That's a good point. That's and a very I, good point. Yeah. And I started reading i started reading so many books i read nine books fiction biographies and i just started reading and i found the joy in in finding pleasure in hanging out with myself yeah i started working out a lot i started i started eating healthy i started i started um did I say workout? Yes. Yeah. So basically <laughs> working out, eating healthy and, and, and reading and just doing things that I knew was good for me. You know what I mean? Right. And that was, uh, that was great. And then I, uh, then I, what was the next, the next one is personal values. Okay. And this is a course where you get the tools to open up about your it's where you have to take responsibility for things you've done that maybe you're not so proud of right exactly right basically stuff that where you did something you you shouldn't have done right or didn't do something that you should have done right and it ended up bad right uh if i had stolen something right if i had cheated on my girlfriend's drugs if i had done drugs all these Things that I'm not the proudest of and I kind of knew was bad. Right. But I did it anyway. Right. And and there's a lot of that stuff during my life. But I really got the chance to look at this. Look at every aspect of my life. Myself. My girlfriend. My family. My friends. My groups. 
uh, and stuff like that. And it was right. and it, it it was great. And it would it took it was this part was very personal mm-hmm. because it's up to it was up to me to to really look at these things and and write it all down. Yeah, in a in a way where you you write it down in such a way where you you kind of you don't write it down with a with a bunch of of oh I did this because he was stupid you right. know it's it's not a lot you look of justification exactly <laughs> it was it was okay I fucked up yep and here here it is yep as it is and it kind of liberated me very like it's very cathartic it was, yeah wow it's yeah. very very cathartic because it doesn't matter what other people tell you you did that was wrong you it it has to be what you feel you did that was wrong exactly and when you get at that it's life-changing yeah it's definitely life-changing yeah yeah so yeah and it came in waves you know then i was like i had written down a bunch of stuff and like wow i feel good (laughs) yeah and then the next day like then i'm like oh there's this one as well and i write that down and then wow i feel even better now yep and but it was not it was not this way where like, oh, I'm just going to write it down and then now I feel great. Ha, 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 ha. It, with me writing it down, it was like I regained a ton of responsibility yes. for myself, yeah. for my fellow human beings, yep. and for the planet itself. I, I, I re-found this joy of living on this planet, yep. living among these awesome people in the world. <laughs> and I kind of, there was a lot of my... I had a lot of like grudges towards specific people in my life. Right. And it kind of disappeared. Yeah. It kind of like, instead of having all this hate, it got switched out with love. And I started really, like, <laughs> I really started, like, really caring about people. Right. And it was just, it was very interesting. And I, I, and I found myself becoming very interested in life and very interested in my my people you know i love and, it yeah you know and so it was just it very was, cool it was, it was fantastic and then i kept on going and wrote, wrote some more and then <laughs> and i was like all right all right, all right i'm done now I, this is it you know i've really i've written like hundreds and i'm like okay so so yeah that that was great and then the last course is conditions of life uh, where you basically get the tools to better the conditions that you are in in your life in different aspects of your life right and and i and i got to work with this awesome guy at narcanon who really helped me (laughs) really helped me through um realizing the different situations that i was in in life and he and he helped me realize how to get out of it and how to what to do and the the actual the the what I actually had to do, not only think up, but acting out, you right. know, because right. I'm very good at talking the talk, but I'm not as good as, uh, I'm not as good as, or at walking the walk. Right. But he will help me become very good at walking that walk. Right. I want to make a point here because yeah. I think it's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve and I have toured quite a few uh, local officials through Narcan on Suncoast. Oh. And I want to make sure that the listeners, and this always comes up, Jason always explains this when he's taking people through the Narcan on program. And I want to make sure that our listeners understand because it is different than any other program you will ever do. And that is that this fellow who was helping you, he didn't tell you 
what you needed to do. Ah, yeah. He didn't tell you what direction you needed to go in. And that, I think, is different than any other program. The, the counselors, the supervisors in Narcanon, their whole job is to get the student, in this case, Benjamin, to understand for themselves. Because when someone tells you what's wrong with you or what's wrong with your life or what's wrong with your relationship, it doesn't work. You have to come to your own realization. And that and that's it's what you're saying. I yeah. just want to reinforce that. Yeah. That no one at Narcanon is going to tell you what's wrong with you or tell no. you how to fix your life. Yeah. It's all about getting you to the point where you can figure it out for yourself. Yeah. Because if because if you don't get to that point, you can't leave the program and and make it. Do you exactly. know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's this it's this that's the thing. That's that's the important thing that you're done when you have done all the steps and when you feel an inner and when you have this inner like I I, I call it like chest hair. All of a sudden you I'm like, <laughs> I have this knowledge and I have this I have the these um I have these tools and it kinda makes me stronger. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to leave until I had that, you know. Right. I, I, I had no desire to because I came there to fix this. Right. And and yeah, definitely. He did not like the, the guy that I worked with. He was very encouraging. Yep. But but as you said, yeah, yeah, there was no of this. There was none of this. Like, oh, it's because of this, or right. you just got to do this. But yeah. he helped me with the, the 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 tools. He helped me set it into motion. Yep. What I had of plans, what I had of, oh, I could do this, or what if I do that, or what, you know, and how that aligned with what I actually want to do in my life. Which is what? That was going to be my next step. What is, what's your plan now that you've graduated? Oh I know you're God. going back to Denmark, Yeah. but what is your plan? What, what would you like to do? I have, um, I actually have a, a weekly radio show back home Okay. Um, that I kind of got into... Uh, because of my DJing, okay, I met this very good friend, who he actually taught me to DJ eleven years ago, and we kind of quickly uh, um, decided to do this weekly radio show where we play the music that we also would play in clubs, and we would we would um, we invite guests every week to come and join the show and to show off what they can do and it it's it, it so became like musicians and singers exactly, and, and DJs okay. and stuff, right? I like so it. It was like a platform for them to show off right. to the rest of I would say Denmark but but also the world. Because yeah. we also did we like after the show it became a podcast and stuff right. and da 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 da. So I kind of have this idea or it's not a kind of, I one hundred percent have an idea. I want to do more of this. Mm-hmm. I want to do more music. I want to do more. I want to talk. I want to talk about stuff that matters more than music. So I right. want to make it into like this. Basically, I want to. I want to mix music and interesting talks and traveling. Oh, cool! And writing. I I really want to do a lot more writing because that's a thing I've realized that I'm pretty good at. Uh huh. And and I find a lot of joy in it. So I kind of want to aim for the stars here, you know. I want to. I want to. There must be some great stuff that I can do with this, you know. And I want to. I want to bring as many people into it as possible, and just 
aim for the stars, you know? I love it. So so it's not like I have a specific goal of where I am in five years, but it's definitely going to be some of that sort. It's, it, you know, um, some sort of artistic look at stuff. I like it. Very yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. I like it. So typically the way I like to end, and thank you so much for telling your story, but we've got listeners. What would be a message to our listeners? I don't know how many of our listeners are actual addicts. Mm-hmm. I tend to think that more than more, we have families and friends of addicts who are not really sure what to do and they're yeah. hoping, you know, to maybe get some inspiration. So what kind of message would you say to the people out there? Well, the thing is, I believe that as we also, we we spoke about it uh, like a little before, is that it's up to the person himself, him or herself, to to realize whether or not he or she should change. Yep. Needs change. And for me, it took six years of digging around, trying to get out of it, not really having the strength to do so and... So the the important thing is it, it the it's up to the person himself when to get out of it, right? Yep. But maybe don't take six years. Exactly. <laughs> maybe 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 have that realization earlier. Exactly. <laughs> like yeah, you, you can always you can always it's 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 talking communication is the the the, the key to world peace. Yep. You know. Yeah. Very simply put, communication is the strongest tool that we have. Yep. Um, open, being open, like not holding back. Yep. Has definitely been a thing that has gotten me to where I am today. Drug free. Right. Um, and that's a good point too, because people listening, if you don't know what to do or you don't know where to go, reach out whether you reach out to Narcan on Suncoast whether you reach out to your local pastor Mm -hmm. or whether you just reach out to a family member you know communication is is where it's going to start yeah whether you're an addict or whether you're a friend of an addict communication is where it's going to start we've talked before about how if you go to Narcan on Suncoast.org this little chat window opens up and someone is there to chat with you Uh and it's all anonymous yeah but you know, we we say over and over again on the podcast, you know, do something about it, take some sort of action. Yeah. And that first step is likely communicate to somebody exactly. about it. Do you know? Because that's the, the like that's that's how it all starts, right? Yep. You have exactly. you have this problem thing in your mind that you're trying to fix and then you and then drugs happens. Yep. You know, and then and then less communication happens. I know that's definitely what I what happened to me, you know. I stopped communicating with my parents. Yep. I stopped communicating with my with my girlfriend, with my friends. I became a loner. Yep. <clears throat> and as soon as I started communicating again, I instantly felt less need to do drugs yep. and more need to just keep communicating. Yep. Well, and for you, as you said, communicating to your mom, yeah, you know, that's probably one of the most difficult things to do. And, yeah. and I, and, you know, we've heard it over and over again, and Jason's even expressed it, that 
you know, when when you are a drug addict, the last thing in the world you want to do is communicate about the fact that you are. Oh my God, and yeah. oftentimes the family, they, they feel like it's such a stigma and they don't want to communicate to anybody about it. But there are so many resources out there and so many wa- ways to get help. Mm-hmm. And so first step. Put out that calm line to yeah. somebody. To somebody. You know, whoever. It if, you know, if it's your or... Yeah, if it's your local pastor or, you know, somebody that you know that you respect, just put that out. And if you, like I say, if nothing else, um, Narconon International is there. And if you just, you know, go on the internet, you can find Narconon, Narconon Suncoast. We give you a number every week. And, you know, you can call that number. It's anonymous. You can talk to Jason and or whoever answers the phone. Mm-hmm. And they're just willing to help you and to listen to your story and give you some some guidance if that's what you need. So yeah. that's a good message. I like that. The first thing to do is get out there and communicate. Benjamin, exactly. thank you so much for being with us today. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for, for giving me this opportunity. Absolutely. All right. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Next week, we will be interviewing Ted McGrath, and Jason will also, will also be part of that podcast. So that'll be fun. And that will be the last podcast in our second year, which means the following week, we will be starting our third year of podcasting. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And do something. If you know somebody who's addicted, reach out, get help. If you're addicted, reach out, get help, do something about it. Have a good week. You have been listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information, call 877-339-3324 or visit www.narcanonsuncoast.org. Narcanon is a non-12-step rehabilitation program based on the works of L. Ron Hubbard. 